So I just want to share an insight that I had. This insight happened to me a few hours ago. It's fresh off the press. And uh, it really speaks, I think, to the inside-out understanding of life, how thought creates our feelings in the moment. And that really thoughts and feelings are inseparable. They're one and the same. Whatever thought in the moment is, whatever, whatever that comes to you, whatever form that looks like, that's our feelings. I heard someone recently say they would invent a new word. They'd call it feelings, mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings, that these feelings are so interconnected. They're so one and the same that it's just so instantaneous. Even saying like I like to say and many people say the thoughts create our feelings. But what you know, it's like the getting the head no shake. No. OK, we'll come back to that. So I always like to say that like a uh, thoughts and f- thoughts create our feelings. Just like you can't drive a car without gas. You can't have a feeling without a thought. That's always what I used to say. But then what people started asking me was like, why are you splitting thought and feelings? They're exact. So people would say, well, I'm feeling one thing, I'm thinking another thing, you know? So I think this word feelings, are the understanding, bear with me, right? <laughs> and also, if you hear something that you don't like, that rubs you the wrong way, just let go of it. Not a big deal. Sometimes people hear things and then what they're hearing gets in their way of listening a little bit. So like, it's totally cool. Thoughts and feelings are one and the same, these feelings that it's so instantaneous. And it could be really, it's really, really tricky thing. You know, it like feels real, looks real, it is real in that moment. But in another moment, you could, your experience of that situation could be completely, completely different, like in the blink of an eye. This happened to me, I would say, at 3.30 today. So Effie, my wife, uh, she asked me, she's been asking me or hocking me for a long time already, asking to change a light bulb in our mudroom. And it's one of these chandeliers where in the mudroom, it's like a casing, uh, like a glass casing around the light. And it's like two parts of the glass case. There's like an aluminum part that goes over it that holds up the glass. And you have to like screw in the, you know, the screws that hold in the frame itself. So after she asked me many, many times, very patiently, so I said, okay, today I'll do it. So I went to the store. And I got light bulbs and I was all excited. Yeah, I'm going to do what Effie asked me to do. And I was getting really behind it. And they, uh, then what happened was is, so I start getting up there to change the light bulb. And you think, what's the big deal? You got to change the light bulb, right? And they, uh, I start unscrewing the screws on top. First, I don't really reach because I didn't take like enough time to actually get a proper like step ladder. So I was upstairs. So I get like the mini step ladder go all the way up and I'm like stepping like reaching like this my arms like holding the thing I'm like trying to unscrew all around and then all of a sudden I start getting really upset I start getting really annoyed and this again the thought is so our thought and feelings are so seductive they're so alive it's like whoa so then as I'm so I'm like okay you know not a big deal I could unscrew this shy it's just a light bulb you could do this not a big deal so I'm unscrewing and I almost dropped the glass thing it almost breaks and the other thing everything's flying all over the place and I'm like, okay, not a big deal. So I'm still still in the game. And then what happens is, is that uh, I take out the new light bulb, you know, unscrew whatever. And then it comes to putting it back up. My arm's already tired from holding it. It comes to putting it back up. And now, like, it's such a frame. Like, you can't just hold the glass mechanism. You have to hold the aluminum around it because then the thing. So you really need two hands to do it. And I'm going and I'm trying to get the pegs in. And, like, my daughter's watching me as I'm doing this. And I'm feeling myself getting really, really frustrated, really annoyed. I'm like, okay, the step ladder. I have, and it's such a small space. I'm like, 
I can't like maneuver it properly. And I'm like, like and I take my trunk, I jam it against the coats, you know, to try to get more room. And as this is going on, I'm getting more and more frustrated. And then I'm like, okay, I have to go upstairs. I'm like, Shia, don't get so frustrated. You'll go upstairs, you'll get the proper step ladder. Epi's hearing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. You'll get the proper step ladder and you'll a uh, you'll do it right. It's not, you know, it's just a light. After all, it's just a light bulb, right? So I get upstairs and I get the, so now I at least have the height, but my hands are aching me. And as I'm trying to do this, I'm like struggling with it. Every struggle, I'm like, in my mind, I'm starting to get more and more upset. Thought's such a powerful thing. And we start creating all these scenarios. I start telling myself, this is the last time I do anything. I've started getting really riled up. A light bulb, does she think I'm a fix it man? I don't care where anytime, even a light bulb, she's gonna come home and I'm gonna tell her, even a light bulb, you call the fix it man. I'm not, I'm going on strike. I'm not handy, never fixing a darn thing in the stupid house again, you know? I, and all of a sudden, it looks, in that moment, it looks and it feels that she causes my feelings. She asked me to do something. It looks outside in. It looks like I have a direct experience of her, and she asked me to do something. And because of that, now I'm going to blame her for my feelings. It's her fault. And anytime she doesn't, she know I'm a social worker, not a handyman. If I was one of was a handy, I would have went into construction, you know? You, you make up all these things. It's, it seems like such a small example. It seems like such a nom- – and it is a small example in a certain way. But so many things in our life that we're dealing with, they start off small. And then, you know, before you know it, your spouse comes home and you're like, I'm never doing that again. It took me 45 minutes for one light bulb, never happening again. And that's when you think your experience of life is coming at you. When you think it's outside and that you don't take thought into the account of your experience, that your thoughts and feelings are one and the same. These feelings that they're totally, totally interlocked that we don't have a direct experience of anything in life. Ever we're seeing, however our experience, our experience is created from the inside out, from thought in the moment, it's coming down to us and it's creating our experience. So when you see that thought in the moment, it's inside out. That thought in the moment is involved in your experience. So what happens is at that moment, a lot, a lot of personal judgment falls away, judgment of other people fall away, and you become more resilient. Because from every moment to moment to moment to moment, we're receiving thought, and it's coming alive for us, and that's creating our experience. So just to plug that back, and, and this, was, this was freeing to see this for me just two or three hours ago. Because as I was changing the light bulb, all I wanted to do was blame my wife for it. And it has nothing to do with her. If I'm upset, that means that's my problem, right? That's me. And then as you're doing it, you wind up interpreting your experience however way you'd like to. But in this, it was a negative way. That I was, then Then there comes a, you know, child, why can't you just change a light bulb? And you start judging yourself and criticizing yourself and you wind up blaming those around you. But when you see that it's inside out, that not only is it inside out, but it's always inside out. A hundred percent, this will be called the 100% rule. Not only 10% of the time are we feeling or thinking, living from the inside, and only 50% of the time, not 80% of the time, but 100% of the time, from the day we're born to the day we die, we're living in the feeling of our thinking. That as we get thought, it comes alive for us. It comes alive for us. Now the, the illusion is, the, here's like the trick over here, that it looks like 
we have a direct experience of life. It looks like that feeling, that changing of the light bulb, or my thinking about the changing of the light bulb, caused my feelings. It, it looks like it works that way, that that has the power in me to cause my feelings. But when you see that it's that Effie's not the cause of my feelings or her telling me not to, to do something's not the cause of me, what am I thinking about that? That thought somehow is meddled into the equation. It's creating my experience. No one goes into your mind and puts a thought in your mind and no one, the fact that we're feeling or thinking is really the truth of how we work. So it's not, again, so just simple, you know, it's not Effie's fault that I felt a certain way. It has nothing to do with her. It was my own thinking about it. It was my misunderstanding, thinking that the world works in an outside-in way when it really works in an inside-out way. And the second I saw that, so what happened was is I became more resilient. So all those feelings of negativity that I would have carried around with me had I not known this and that I would have came home and blamed her. Or then been irritated for my kids. You know what your mom just told me to do? You know, as my daughter was watching, you know, I was like trying to set a good example. And I still think I did, you know, because I wasn't at the end of the day, just as fast as I was getting upset, it disappears just like that. But when you treat your experience of life as rock, rock solid, you think it's outside in and that everything is causing your feelings. As I like to say, you're back to victim of circumstance. So it's her fault. It's the light bulb's fault. It's... It's my schedule's fault. It's my daughter's fault for watching me and making me feel a certain way or whatever, whatever you want to blame. The world's yours to blame if you like. But when you see that it's inside out, when you see that the sole creator of your experience is thought in the moment, so then you're less likely to be judging your experience. You're less likely to blame. You're more likely to take responsibility for your feelings. Lately, I've been seeing this a lot. It's that like we're wired for experience. You know, this is really moving on to a little bit of a different point, but I think it flows, you know, that we're, we're experience machines. And from the day we're born to the day we die, we're feeling our thinking, it's creating our experience, we're having an experience of life. And what happens is, is that we're judging our experience. We're constantly, constantly interpreting our experience. Like imagine if you saw your experience with no judgment. So you'd feel, you'd, you'd feel anxious, but you'd be okay with that. You'd feel mad and you'd be okay with that. However you'd be, you'd be okay with that. But, and and would be, your experience would be softer. It would be less exacerbated. You know, I was just talking to a client about this uh, like about an hour ago. We were just talking, we were just having a wonderful conversation about seeing ourselves as experience machines. Instead of wondering like why you feel the way you do and where your feelings come from, when you shift the question to start seeing, well, this is my experience, how's my experience created? And where's my experience come from? So it's a totally different ballgame. You're not tracing the origin of your thoughts. You're not tracing the origin of your feelings, right? You're just seeing that your experience is created from thought. And when you see that, it's an amazing thing because what happens is you now become the artist, you become the author. So instead of feeling anxious, down, worried, or whatever it is, so you might feel that way, but you're not judging yourself for feeling that way. So now you can be human. Now you can be a person. But when you're constantly, when we're constantly policing our thinking and judging our experience, wanting more high definition screen, so then we're, then, then we're back to the blame. We're blaming ourselves. Oh, I, know, I know I could do better, right? Or I should be a certain way or I shouldn't feel anxious or like this happened a while back. This probably happened like two years ago. I was, I was outside one of the schools that I worked in 
for a bunch of years and I was sitting there I was feeling really really down and I was like beating myself you know I'm like I you know I know the principles I know I know it's inside out I should be able to shake this and I was just sitting there my car was I was in a slump for a few days I was like really berating myself for how I was feeling and I called the Peffy she's involved in most of my stories sorry I see that <laughs> so a uh I called up Effie, and she was just like, you know, if you're feeling down, like, it's okay. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with feeling down. And boom, just like that, it disappeared. Because when we're constantly judging our experience and wondering, well, why do I feel this way? Hmm, well, I don't know. Maybe when you were younger, you're, who knows? You can make anything else. You can make anything up. To me, at least, the way I see it, when you just see that you're experienced machines and that you're, you're the interpreter of your experience, you're the author writing the equation so what happens is it just falls away all that extraneous thinking we're doing about life all the misunderstanding that we're living in thinking it's someone else's fault or blaming someone or whatever that might be it just vanishes it just disappears because all that self-judgment and jumping over your like when you really see that it's inside out not outside in in, in a, in a, I mean, it's in a joke, but there's an old Led Zeppelin song. It's like, nobody's fault but mine. And when you really see that you're the creator of your experience, so you stop creating that. We all know, like someone says, oh, you're angry, just get over it. Like, how am I supposed to get over it? If you're thinking that it's outside in, that you need someone else to appease you or you need something to happen for you to feel a certain way, you can't just get over it because it's that person's fault, right? My kid's or my spouse, or my partner, or my coworker, or my parent, or my job, or the traffic that I'm sitting in. It's that, it's traffic's fault. I always joke around about this, like, for me at this point, thinking that traffic causes feelings is like ludicrous to me. I used to get so stressed out sitting on the Bell Parkway, you know? Like wondering every morning why there's an hour and a half of traffic. Because there was yesterday, that's why there was, you know? And it's like every day, oh, traffic again? There's an old joke. This just came to me, this joke, that, that there was a man, it was t it's two, there were two workers, construction workers, and uh, one would come every day, one would say, oh, look what's in my lunch, it's meatballs, I love a meatballs, ah, meatballs, you know this joke? And the other person would say, it's a famous joke, and the other person would open up his lunch, and he'd say, tuna, I hate tuna, why is every day tuna, I hate it. And this would go on for a long time. One, one guy would say, meatballs, I love it. And his co-worker would say, tuna, I hate tuna. So Mario, the guy with the meatball, said, uh, you know, Luigi, why don't you just make yourself... Why? He goes, why don't you just tell your wife to pack you up uh, meatballs instead of tuna if you don't like it. He goes, what do you mean? I make my own lunch. <laughs> you know? So, like, in the same vein, we're creating our experience. It's created from our thinking. You know, and when we see that thought is that missing link, thought is that thing that puts the ball back in our court. So we're able to make our own lunch much better. But until you see that that's the missing link, until you see that it's inside out, not outside in. So you're going to get tuna every day. Traffic again on the Bell Parkway. How did that happen? Same way it happened yesterday, Shia, you know. And but... When a person starts clarifying that misunderstanding, that we're, this inside out, outside in misunderstanding that we're all living in. So what happens is, is the more a person gains insight into that, the, you know, again, they, the freer they become. 
to go through life from experience to experience without judgment and to feel uh, more at ease, more calmer, more peace of mind, you know, because you get your power back. There's Rage Against Machine song. You got to take the power back. Uh, so you get to take the power back, you know, and they, uh, it's really it's so exciting for me to share this with everyone, you know, because like I even someone told me a funny story. There was someone I had a conversation with just one time. The uh, one time I had spoke with him and he was around his family members. And he said to someone, he said to one of it, he just made a joke to the whole family. He's like, it's inside out, not outside in. It was just like a funny, like quiv that they had, you know, and it was just that simple reminder, that simple rock solid like north star you know like that's the north star it's either this or it's that it's outside in or it's inside like that anchor you know where you could point to to bring to snap yourself back into yourself you know like it's like that like reminder like boom you see that like you see the north star you know it's the north right when you like it's inside out or it's outside in you see that it's inside out that's your north star to bring you back to yourself you know it's the anchor that you could always hang your hat on to uh, see that, you know, become, you know, so like back to that light changing example that I'm really harping on. That was the North Star for me. I was, I was just able to see it like, boom, it's my thinking. Thought is involved in this over here, you know. As they say, uh, thought creates your reality then says I didn't do it because it's invisible. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. But when you have that North Star to snap yourself back into things a little faster, it's really, really helpful. Because instead of living in misunderstanding, you're living in truth. You're the truth of how our experience is created from the inside out. It's obviously better to live in truth than to live in misunderstanding, right? So when we see that, it's really exciting because as life happens as a blank canvas, we're the interpreters of what it is. That it's just thought creating our experience and we interpret that. We're the, the authors, if you will, we're the person writing the subcaptions underneath. So it's like, imagine watching a movie with no volume. You can make up whatever the storyline is. And whatever our storyline is, it's created from the, it's created via thought and you can rewrite it via thought. But when we think we have a direct interaction with the world, so we think I heard everything accurately or like I even know uh, there's how many people sitting around the table, everyone's hearing something else, right? Because everyone has their own system. You know, someone might be thinking, I really don't like what he's saying, or, oh, maybe that does, maybe that doesn't, or this, that, whatever it is. Everyone will walk away with a different That's just a fact. Because we all work the same. It's like the great equalizer here. Like, sure, I think about different things than you, right? The content of my life is different. But the very fact that we work inside out, the very fact that we have our own little feeling system going on is true for me, it's true for you, it's true for everyone on earth. So instead of... Uh, guessing and trying to figure out why we feel the way we do, it can be much more helpful, much more truthful seeing that it's inside out. Who knows why I feel the way I do? But what I do know is that whatever thoughts come to me in that moment, that becomes my experience of whatever it is. And everyone's got their own thought experience machine. You know, that's the beautiful thing. That's the wonderful thing, you know? So instead of being upset when someone, you just get over yourself faster. You're able to get out of yourself faster. Like I was upset about something today and I was yelling and as I was yelling, I started laughing at myself. 
that's not an excuse. I'm not saying I should be yelling. But as I was going on and on, I realized, like, this is just so silly. Like, this is just so stupid of me. Like, what am I doing already? It's someone else's fault. Like, come on. It's the whole thing. It was like a minute and a half and I was done with. But when you're living in misunderstanding, when you don't see that it's inside out, you think it's outside in, you think that the world works in an outside in way. So then that a minute and a half becomes a few hours, a few days, a few months, a few years, right? And we hold on to it. We continue to let it affect us. We hold on because we don't really see that we're keeping it alive from our thinking. We don't really see that it's inside out, you know? Sidney Banks would say he was the originator of this understanding of teaching. And he would say, the past is a ghost. Didn't say it didn't happen, but it's over. So it's really, it's really a wonderful thing. If I never heard about it before, I have a lot of questions. You never heard about it at all? Not curious what it's like this, but none of the concepts that you're saying are very foreign. Sure, sure. Like I've studied psychology, so like in sensation and perception and mindfulness, and I do yoga and study like um, equanimity of the mind and not attaching to feeling and sort of like when you don't attach to the feeling, then you don't. Um, so there's no ego in it, and so you can you'll be able to see things with a better perspective and not take things so personally and things like so like that all resonates very much. Sure, yeah. yeah. We all know this. I'm not teaching anything anyone that you don't know already. You know, I'm just expa- What I like to say is I'm expounding on what we already know. Yeah, I think it is hard for people. I think that the idea of being more proactive and less reactive to life is very hard concept. Yeah. Yeah, well, some people become, in a certain way, you become more proactive, but you also become less proactive in a certain way because I, for myself, I always saw that, like, I was working so hard on managing my feelings and my emotions that it sucked out my energy from other things. Yeah, I was so busy keeping my experience alive and judging my experience, trying to man. oh, no, I'm feeling anxious. I shouldn't feel this way. What's wrong with me? I feel down. Right. What's wrong with my kids? They feel down. I have to fix their feelings, right? They're not allowed to ever cry. That's bad. They're going to be damaged, scarred for life. Got to be careful. I was so busy trying to manipulate my experience of life that it usurped my energy from doing other things. So now I'm much more proactive, but I'm less proactive about managing my emotions and feelings because that self-assessment of how I'm, how I'm doing that uh, I call it volume knob. It's turned all the way down. It's very low, you know, if on at all. So I'm not always checking in with myself to see how I'm doing. I'm not always assessing, uh, how am I doing now? How am I doing now? How am I doing? Oh, you shouldn't be feeling that way, you know? Like much of modern psychology has taught you're supposed to be feeling a certain way. And if you're not feeling that way, that's a problem. We need to fix that, you see? What if there was no way you were supposed to be feeling? Right? And you just saw your experience as one. It just is. But we become obsessed with feeling good. Feel good all the time. I'm not saying it's, it's a good thing to feel good, you know. I happen to feel much better after learning this. When the byproduct of that is seeing that it's inside out. When you really see that it's inside out, you start getting glimpses. We, we all, we've seen this hundreds of times in our lives, you know. But I'm, I, the difference is that I'm explaining this as a constant. Like, this is how it works. Like, this is our system. That this is true for me, is true for you, it's true for all 8 billion people on earth. And I have to say, it's been 
such a privilege. I've been give, being able to give groups to all different sorts of people of you know, what you people would call intellectual functioning and race and religions and pay grade. And the other week I gave it, it was such a wonderful thing. I gave a group to a group of aides, uh, not a group of aides, a, a group of, uh, of a housekeeping staff in a facility. And I spoke through a translator, typically known as the lowest common worker. They don't speak English. They get paid terribly. And I gave a group to them. And some of the women there knew English better than others, and some knew, and some half. And that. So I spoke through a translator, and it was such a wonderful experience. It was, so, it was such a beautiful. There was such a beautiful feel, feeling that filled the room. They know it too that it's inside out. They also know that, and they also know somewhere in there, none of us are victim of circumstance. And to be able to see myself and everyone else as all the same on that level, it's very profound. It was a profound experience for me. It was a profound experience for them, even though I didn't even speak English. I don't speak Spanish. I made a bunch of jokes uh, about how I don't speak Spanish. There was such a wonderful feeling that filled the room from it. It's universally true for everybody, regardless of your circumstance, no matter what it is. Okay, now I'm really done. <laughs> Any thoughts, questions, comments? Letter to the editors? We have an expert over here, by the way. I go here. That we're so accustomed to like judging our actions, and maybe like we confuse that. Like you know, we throw in there judging the way we think too. Like the way we maybe like growing up, also like in our community, or just the way we grew up, we're so like and hanafesh and. And you know what I'm saying? Like we're almost like wired into that way of thinking, and somewhere like we we like throw in like judging our thinking too. Yeah, yeah, we're constantly like we're we're always evaluating, and then it's like we have different parts of the mind. You know, it doesn't mean that our rational mind goes out the window, but a person becomes more intuitive. Our rational mind and our analytical mind was supposed to be left for like learning and analyzing data and things like that. You know, but uh, we, we take our analytical mind and start analyzing our relationships. We start self-assessing how we're doing always, constantly checking in with yourself. But, they, but this suggests that, there are, that, there, that we're, it allows a person to rely more on their higher functionings excuse me, uh, of their mind, of a uh, intuition, love and understanding, peace of mind. So it's much easier to go through life with love and understanding than it is to go through constantly judging, right? But when you see your experience as one from high to low, it's just one. There's one single source to all, to our entire experience, and that's thought in the moment. So that judgment uh, falls away. It's just there's no need to do it. We're only doing as good as the thinking that we have. And if our thinking was better or different, we would do differently. And as it changes, that's what happens to us. That's like I, I was like yelling at one of the kids for doing something and he's like, I must have like thrown out that line once, you know, like I'm doing <laughs> the best I can given the thinking, you know, and he knows like a little bit about this and he's like, I'm also doing the best I can. Isn't that <laughs> beautiful? You, you know, I'm also doing the best I can and right now I'm losing it. 
did a deep, did a debunk the situation when he said that? Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, a little bit of humor. And just like that, you could have a change of heart. But if you don't know that, right, when you treat it as ironclad, you treat your thoughts as ironclad, so then what it is is like, we have to talk about this later. You have a problem. And uh-uh-uh. I, what about the parent was in a bad mood and upset and annoyed, and that's why they yelled at their kid because they felt uncomfortable? No, you have a problem because you think you have a direct experience of life. You think it's outside in. You're not putting thought into the equation that you don't have a direct experience of life. So when you see that, it neutralizes the situation, right? It like depersonalizes the whole thing. Then you go to your kid. We have to talk about it. No, I'm not saying you should never talk to your kids about anything. I'm not. But there's a certain way that like we keep alive someone's thinking or we keep alive a problem. Like I was just talking to someone about our scab wants to heal itself, but we're going back and we're constantly itching our scab. So like this understanding teaches that life has a certain way to work itself out. You know, our feelings have a certain way to work. Our relationships have a certain way to work themselves out. Then we get that thought, this is a problem. Now there's a problem. What's the problem? You're thinking that this is a problem, right? If not for that, you'd be back to, you'd be back to one again. You know, you'd, it would even it out, right? So when you, when you see, you don't have to keep your thinking alive or someone just because you thought that way today doesn't mean you have to think that way tomorrow. You're not married to it. It's just thought. It's just what it is. So you get a lot more, uh, a lot more freedom. Yeah, when you talk, I keep hearing the word like liberation. I keep hearing like in every angle like you're hitting at, I feel it's like you think like the world would be running after. I mean, you think that, you, you think like, more people would want to feel liberated just knowing this. No. No? No. It's scarier that way. It's then you're so responsible scary. for you're your responsible. own actions. So, so, like so that's, first, I can relate to that yeah. a thousand percent. I think I've said that like a few times. Like, um, It's like your ego gets in the way totally. And like I'm like, right, I feel like that totally. Like I don't want to. But at the same time, like somewhere... Once you can get past that, there's once you stop judging it, yeah, then you can get past it. Yeah, like once you, yeah. It's an illusion. I think it's you know that you're talking about people don't want to take responsibility for their feelings. I, I think, in my opinion, you could argue on me. It's totally fine. It's just my opinion, which is a thought. It's not a big deal. People actually do want to take responsibility for their feelings. They just don't see it as a realist, realistic option. Because when the ball's in your court, even though it could seem scary, when a person really sees the innocence of it, what I call psychological innocence, when they see the innocence of how they're keeping their suffering alive or they're keeping their bad relationship bad, they want the ball to back and be in your court. Right? You'd rather have the ball in your court than in someone else's. People want it. They just don't see it as a realistic possibility because they're operating under the wrong misassumption. They're operating in an outside-in understanding. But when the second anyone sees that it really works only one way, that it's inside out, when you see that, so now you could take responsibility for your feelings. Then you say, oh, that's how it works. There's something, I can't exactly articulate that, but there's something that happens when a person sees that it was inside out and it always was inside out. Yeah. The more like I I listen to more people, I I feel like um, I don't think it's something that like you understand overnight. Yeah, I, I think it's like a, I, I mean, from my, from like, from hearing from people's 
um, experiences it helps me also because I would like to think that I understand overnight and it automatically affects every part conceptually <laughs> you understand it right away yeah but. and so I feel like to move from that intellectual level to actually really living it can take time and I think for everyone probably something else you know sure well, most people find helpful. This is my standard line. I'm just saying, like, when you said that story with the kid, like, I haven't had a moment. Like, yeah, I, like, I've been learning this for a little bit of time now, and, and I know, and I'm trying not to judge that it's taking me time, but I, I, I see that it can take time to understand that I'm just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally, uh, you know, it's invisible. You know, so sometimes you see it and sometimes you don't, you know, like that's called uh, being human. Like I used to think, like I used to expect so much of myself and demand so much of myself. I was very rigorous on myself, especially around religious things, you know. Like I even read one time about the Arizal that he was only able to be on the same level for like seven hours at a time. And then he had to come down, you know, and that was like big for me because like we're, we're not always like in the same position. As our feelings fluctuate, our moods fluctuate, like we're not always in the same position, just accepting that humanity that like to deny your human to deny that is denying your humanity. And that's not what I think at least God wants from you. He would have created us another way otherwise. So seeing that sometimes we're doing better and sometimes we're doing worse. And I and I use the word worse because that's just an interpretation. You know, like really seeing that when you say I'm not doing good, that's just you judging your experience. You know, when you say, oh, I don't got this or I'm doing terrible, that's just you interpreting your experience as you're doing terrible. That's the author. You're the one who wrote that, you know, even though I am using the word worse, like denying your humanity is not it's not how we're made, you know, and when you accept that, you accept your humanity. So then you're able to just be however you are. And the catch 22 is that. You, you tend to operate better that way, right? Because you're working within line how you were created. Because you're controlling the situation. Hmm? I think that's what Because you're controlling the situation. Yeah, or you just... Yeah. You're what do you letting, mean? You're not, you're not letting outside... You're, the, you're not letting the outside control you. You're not letting the outside... You know, you're not looking at the outside inside. It's not coming from the outside. Yeah. You're controlling the situation so you can have a bad day and you can have a, you can have a fight you can... Whatever it is, but... Like you said, like, it just... It is what it is. Like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. And then you're fine. Cool. Is it control though? Well, you see, everyone, I want to I want to back up a step. This is the beauty of this. You ready? Control to me, like when you say the Hold. word control, I think of like a lot of effort, a lot of work. Well, like, well, this is this is this is the beauty. I, 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 so I look at it. I think it's what you're trying to say. Like, I look at it. I look at control, and maybe that's just the way in my life that everything outside was controlling me. So that's how my day was. So my boss is coming in today. What's going to happen today? And this, whatever it is. So the control is from the outside. So all of a sudden, I'm controlling it. You're not controlling it. Now, like, oh, this is great. It's amazing. Like, this is just great. Right. Yeah. yeah. So everyone here, this this is what's the beautiful thing. First of all, that's an awesome. I, uh, there's, a, there's a big, uh, his name is George Prance. He's a big, he's one of the main teachers of this. And he always says, our thought's the drive shaft of a car. Like, if you wanted to drive a car, you wouldn't, like, start with the, you know, you start with the main thing of the car, <laughs> the drive shaft, puts you in the driver's seat. Everyone hears, well, the larger point is that everyone hears something else. 
You know, so for one person, they feel they're in control. Another person says, you know what? That's your own wisdom. Another person says, you know what? I'm trying to control too much. I need to let go a little bit. And just by discussing this universal understanding, everyone gets their own insights. That's that's what's cool about this, that it's custom made. Everyone, you know, no two people have the same life, but we all work the same by upgrading our software and seeing that we all work. Everyone gets insights that are custom made to their lives. You know, so some people say might say, well, you know what, I really need to stand up for myself and not be pushed around. And someone else might say, you know what, I think I'm standing up for myself a little too much. I need to back down. Whatever a person's reality is, it's being created from the inside out. And when you see that thought and feelings are one and the same, now you get an insight. That's what I call an insight. You say, oh, look at that. We've had thousands of them throughout our lives. Everyone has. And when you see that that's, that's how it works, then you get insight. Oh, FE is not the cause of my feelings for me changing the light bulb. Oh, look at that. Oh, I am doing what I want to do. Oh, you know, you know, it's like, boom, oh, look at that. I'm controlling too much. Oh, I could be in control. I don't need to be fearful of that. Someone told me earlier today that they were... They, they took their kids to a water park for winter break and she was standing like outside this window and she got like vertigo for a second. She was like very scared and she started getting dizzy because it was like very high up wherever she was. And then her husband turned to her and said, oh, well, he said, oh, that dizziness. He says, it's just really a thought. That's all it is. They, they, they know about this. It's just a thought. And she looked away and she turned back. She said it was completely gone. There was something about that in that moment. I don't suggest like you, no. but in this situation, you know, that's how it was for them. There was something about that that allowed her to, a uh, boom, gone, reset, back in it. I got an insight now, right? An insight, oh, that's all it is. I don't, we get insights about our actions, we get insights about our thinking, right? Oh, I'm thinking off. There, it comes in many shapes and forms. So it's cool. It's really cool. I'm happy for you, think. Well, one of the, why he want, didn't want to listen or say that you don't, Maybe that's not a good line to say. Like, what? I mean, you said, like, you don't, that probably wouldn't be, like, the appropriate line to say to somebody when they're, like, like in a serious moment. I just just thought. Yeah. You don't want to try to, uh, what's it, a, a appease someone, was it? I have to mention this, because this is too bishvat, you know, and I, f- I think it fits with the, with the ideas that we're talking about. That, uh, like, just like a tree, because we're talking about insights, like just like a tree contains all the potential and everything that it needs in the seed of the tree in order to grow, so do we do too. We possess, you know, when everything's contained in that seed, it grows and it comes to be a strong tree, right? The tree doesn't look outside itself in order to figure out how to grow. It just grows. It's just doing its thing. And like we too also, like we were all wired with wisdom. We were wired with insights. And those insights are very personal insights for all of us. Just like, just like the tree, so to us, that we have inside of ourselves, perfect, pristine, mental well-being and resilience that we're wired for. It's our birthright. It's our gift. At our core, uh, we're all whole. And that's the beautiful thing over here because essentially we're talking about waking up, right? When a person sees the thought-feeling connection, they wake up and they're like, oh, oh, oh look at that, oh, look at that. And what that teaches is, is that at our core, we're all mentally strong. We don't need to look. We don't need to look outside ourselves. You know, I might want to ask someone for advice. You know, but you don't want to put someone else's brain on you. Uh, that would be like a tree saying, you know, I don't like the way I am. I want your seeds. An oak tree wants a redwood seeds. Never happened. 
so to us that we have the oh, we have all the resilience inside of us to handle whatever it is that we're up against in life. We have everything inside of us to navigate it. But when we start looking for outside and things, always the redwood asking for the uh, for the maple for the maple tree seeds it just doesn't happen. The tree's not judging its experience; it just grows up, and it's a, it's a beautiful tree, you know. I think if it would judge itself, it would probably do worse. You know, why is my branch so funny? Why is it like that, you know? And they, uh, that's insights. Insights come, right? Insights come. And they come from what we call mind, which we call I call Hashem. And they come because that's how we're all wired, right? So when a person sees this, he starts getting insights into how they're doing. That was my two Bishra message. What do other people have to say? I'll add, I'll, just, I'll add something else. I went, I was away, I went away for winter vacation, the family, and I've never, I've never had a good, I've never had a, because this goes into what we were just saying a second ago. I've never, I've never, intru- I've never had a, I've never had a, opening up to like neighbors. No, this I, is I, Ronnie, by the way. Right, right. Ronnie. No, I've, ne- I've never had. I, I when I go on vacation, no I want to like. No I want to wake up like five in the morning and you know, get going and like whatever. So my wife like wants to sleep in and start the day at like eleven and come back at four and like I get I get so stressed out. And it's always been. It's always like I'm trying to like I'm like you know, my teeth are like like we gotta get out of here and I'm like as I'm like walking around the hotel I'm like purposely like dropping things and like making noise or like and like and then it goes into a fight there's an argument and that you know it's never enjoyable and the kids see it and then they get so we went away and it was like this like whatever like my wife said to me all right we're gonna leave sunday morning what time we're gonna leave i'm like i want to leave at like 9 30 on the road so whatever we got in the car at 10 o'clock now a month before you introduced the subject to me. I would have like we would have drove for two hours. I wouldn't have said a word the entire time, you know. You know. <laughs> and like now it was just like I, I I had the best like trip we've ever had. There was no stress. There's no this. And you know the next morning we woke up and like yeah we chilled in the hotel for like an hour and I I wanted to go I'm like, right, whatever who cares whatever whatever the time and like this is so much better than the last trip when I was so ticked off <laughs> and whatever it was like. It was the best. It was amazing. One of the two days, best trip I've ever had, and like it was amazing. So can I can I question you? Mm-hmm. What is it that that you were seeing that was helping you? If you could articulate I, it, you might. I was, I was seeing that. Hard question. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, first of all, first of all, somebody said last week also that that you know, so so you have these feelings that come in, and. So I'll try to examine like, why am I, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning, maybe I can take off mood, like, maybe I had a bad dream, I don't remember about it, like, what was it? And whatever, so try to figure it out, but then, like, you're still living, like, in this bad mood, you're still living, you're depressed, you're happy, you're this, you're that. Can't figure it out, it's just like, whatever, who cares? Whatever, I gotta go on my day, and then it just goes, like, it just, just leaves you. So that was number one. Number two, it just that, leaves you, yeah, because from leaves. moment to moment to moment. But if you let it control you, then it's, that's the same. But again, I can go out and leave you, Right, but you just say, who cares? And you realize, and you, and you let you control, you control the feelings, so you control you. I think that's what it was. So, like, yeah, I wanted to start the day. I didn't want to, like, 
I'm waste really away. Yeah. So I think that I think that I kept saying to myself, like, whatever, I'll feel we're having a great time. Like, this is amazing. Like, we're just having a great time. And so like, yeah, like whatever, you took this trip and you wanna you wanna take advantage of all the minute every minute you have, you're not at work and you're with family, but like this is so much better than so like, alright, just try to see what happens. Yeah. Now I see it was amazing. So we left a half hour later and want to leave. All right, but it was like the best trip in the okay, nice. It was the best times. Like, amazing. Cool. Yeah. You reminded me of a story that I got up and I was in a really bad mood. This happened like a long time ago. It just reminded me of it. And I said to myself, you know, I'm feeling really riled up now. Before I yell at everyone in my house for waking me up in the middle of the night or whatever it is, let me just give it some time. Let me brush my teeth. And I'm still feeling this way. Then I'll yell at everyone. They don't know what's really, they're legit. So by the time I finished brushing my teeth, which was about two minutes later, I completely forgot about what happened. But had I not known that's how it works, I wouldn't have been able to, in that moment, the insight was to give yourself some time, which usually, I, usually buys me time. In that moment, so by, so just, it disappeared. And the only, the only reason why I actually remember that was because I was talking later in the week. I was taught, I was doing a group, I was talking to people, and I remember I'm like, oh, you know what? I brushed my teeth and I forgot, I was upset. Had I not actively talk about these things, I wouldn't, so many times I'm like, take note, you could share that one with people. And then I forget what it is, you know? You got that time, it passes, and you don't have to take it with you anymore. Because it's thought in the moment. In that moment, that's how you were doing. One moment has nothing to do with the next moment. As thought works, it's it's coming, it's coming. Boom, we get it, we feel it. We get it from a fresh batch. It's always, it's always coming. Unless you hold on to it. Then you hold on to it, yeah. You know, but even if you hold on to it, like, it's okay. There's no judgment there. That's just thought in the moment. You're getting it. To pretend you're never going to feel nervous or anxious again is you should never, you, that's not correct. I get nervous. I get annoyed. I get anxious. But it doesn't mean anything to me. And I get, and it happens a lot less. It happens to be, it happens a lot less. Your reaction, like, the fact that you're feeling like that, does it affect how you behave? Well, usually, yeah, because the way I see it is that behavior comes from feelings. Right, if you're feeling a certain way, you're gonna act that way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so usually, but I've become more wiser a lot of times not to act on my thinking. It's like when I'm tired, I think about running people over with my car. <laughs> I don't actually do it yet. <laughs> I've yet to act on that one, but I have read the engines a few times. People that are acting on like extreme circumstances like that all around us. Yeah, I had a client recently who used to think about every time he got to the car, we actually plan on hitting people. And that's how we got to me because no one wanted to see him because they thought he was a risk. Around a few sessions later, it was totally fine, you know. I'm not seeing him anymore. This happened fairly recently. But he had a misunderstanding. His misunderstanding was that all the different things that happened to him, he had so much thinking about, was keeping it alive. Once he was able to, once he, he was a pleasure to work with, once he was able to see that misunderstanding, it stopped. So every week he'd come in, he looked, he looked significantly better and better until he came in. He was like, yeah, I don't think we need to see each other anymore. You know, thinking his father was depressed and his, maybe his father got depressed around the same age he did. He's going to end up like his father and his grandmother who really raised him. She, he, she passed away a year and a half ago when he was still grieving it. Obviously, there's nothing, it's appropriate to grieve, obviously, but we had other things I'm not going to say on the tape, but... Once he was able to see that in some way, shape, or form, although he wouldn't be able to articulate it this way, that he was keeping his own feelings alive in the moment, he had so much thinking about it, 
So the ball, he took the ball back in his court and it stopped. It disappeared. He saw that he doesn't have to act on his thinking and that it's just a thought and he doesn't have to take it so seriously. And then that's when the insight comes. The Tubishvat, you know, he just levels out. He just leveled out. So he was doing fine. So I'm like, do you really think not? He was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. You know, it's like, tell fairly, you don't think about it anymore. You know, he's like, I'm not revving my engines all the time, you know? So he was doing uh, significantly better. So it was an amazing thing to see. There's no one who doesn't have mental well-being inside of them. Everyone has pristine mental well-being inside of them. Just as the weather turns, the sky remains the same. So we have emotional weather and thoughts that keep turning and keep going. And it changes. Substitute your feelings for the weather. Well, you know, the weather's really anxious today, and that's not a good thing. I can't believe I woke up and the weather was depressed, you know, and, you know, man, I wish the weather was doing better today. You know, weather, it's your fault. You're not doing good today, you know, and you, you that's ridiculous, right? So it's the same thing, like where the sky and the weather just passes through us. Personal. That's just the system. That's inside out. That's the truth of how we work. You know, it's just that's how we're that's how we're designed. Well, whether it's your fault. Just smiling at it, whatever. Well, we could end here if people want. It's been an hour of me rambling. I, uh, people have questions, they can ask questions. Or they could just sit here. What are we going to read? Uh, I, I, I picked that one I wanted to read, but then as I was talking, another one came to me. This, this has to go with what I was saying in the beginning. Uh, everything on earth comes from one divine source. Our personal thoughts determine what we think of the form it has taken in our lives. Thought is related to our five senses. Our senses have no ability to discriminate. They are controlled and informed by our personal power of thought. Without thought, our five senses would be of no value. So it's really focusing on the uh, first part of here, that everything on earth comes from one divine source. Our personal thoughts determine what we think of the form it has taken in our lives. That it's all one, the inside, the outside, it's, it's all, it's non-dual. It's just, it's one thing. We live in the illusion that there's an outside and we live in the illusion it's not one. Looks like two. And when you see that, that it's all really one, like this is what I was mentioning before, the blank canvas, it, it's, it's just coming from a thing, it's all one, it's all one, it's divine in nature. You know, it looks like there are two separate realities, it looks like there's outside in, and it looks like there's inside out, but there's really only one thing, there's only inside out. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying, well, so what, what do you think, it almost seems like, in, in a way, I thought it's easy, I mean, you have to have some sort of like, you have to know yourself. You have to, but in other, in some ways, in some ways, it's very simple. In some ways, it's just very like it's just it's a simple thought. It's not complex. It's just just chill out, relax, and whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm saying, you know, whatever. That's how you hear it. What's that? That's me. That's how he hears it. Yeah. Right. That's how I hear it. So what I'm saying is, is that why, with 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 my understanding, I'm saying why do you why why I look at the world. I'm saying no one else, not no one else, but like. Most people you see in the world don't get it that way. I mean, yes, you know, you, you when you spoke to these, to, to, to this, to these, um, they don't hear it so well, powerfully. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, but I'm saying you let your emotions take control of you. Is it's just easier? It, just, it almost seems like this. What we're learning right now is easier. In reality, it's it's really easier. 
But no one does that. Everyone, most people, or at least in my perception, the way I perceive it is that most people react to their emotions. Well, you see... And, and so I'm going to be, like I said, I'm going to give you the figure when I'm driving. You're going to say less or someone said less. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's what's going to happen. Like, yeah. everyone's reacting emotionally. And you get angry, and you get upset, and you get depressed, and you get stressful, and you get a heart attack, and you're, you're like... Yeah, yeah. It's like crazy. Yeah, well, you wow. know, it's... We're, we're, it's this, this is why they're called principles, you know, for this very reason. Because, like, they used to think the world was flat. That's what they thought for millions of years or thousands of years, however you want to do it. But that's what they thought. The world was flat. So if you were in all their maps, it showed a flat world. Was the world ever flat? No, it was always round. But if you were a sailor in those days, you would say, well, what are you going to do when you reach the edge of the earth? You'd say, well, I got a long anchor on my boat, <laughs> right? Or I got a lookout man who's always there. And when we see the edge of the earth coming... There was such, right, we're going to drop anchor. We got super long anchors or the lookout man. Once they realized, like Galileo or how, you know, they realized that they figured out that the earth was really round and it's not. And what happened was is once they figured, once that spread throughout the world, a lot of thinking they had fell off. Everything, their minds got quieter. The same thing with germ theory that with germ with germs right for millions or thousands of years again there were germs and people were dying left right and the mortality rate was really really low and Simmerweis he figured out on his scalpel that he used in the birthing ward was the same scalpel used on autopsies and he drove himself to insanity basically figuring out that there's uh, microscopic bugs germs on the scalpel that's causing the deaths and he put on his ward please wash your hands before you come in the first one right which is common knowledge now uh, the world was operating in a misunderstanding, right? This is a this is what a paradigm is, right? When and when you when you sort out the truth and how you work, so not only hopefully does it spread throughout the world like germs and round Earth. So psychologically, this is how I understand this: that this is a shift. This is a paradigm shift, psychological functioning, to show that it's always inside out. It always was inside out. Never was not inside out. It's it's like equivalent to flatter thinking. Never was. Never happened in a million years. The Earth was never flat. It always was inside out, always has been inside out, never was outside in. And this is how it works. But until they discovered like uh, principles, but like this is what principles do. The formal, I know it's your first time, the formal name of this understanding is called the three principles of innate health. Or some people call it single paradigm or principles paradigm, you know, because principles do is. Just like E equals MC squared, it reduces a field. It takes an enormous amount of information that Einstein figured out, E equals MC squared. You know, you can't even wrap your mind around that. It takes an enormous amount of information and simplifies it like this. Energy equals matter times the speed of light. Here. Very simple. <laughs> right? Very simple, right? So that's what principles do. Principles take a large amount of information, a body of information, and they reduce it to a simple understanding, saying this is how it works. This is how it always works. Not teaching, not saying anything, Einstein didn't say anything new, well, but he did. <laughs> because principles take any field. So now there's so many, and now I'm gonna go on my soapbox for a little bit, but there's so many theories out there about why you feel, you have to go back to your inner childhood. Uh, it was your parents, it was your past, it was your psychopathology, it was your chemistry, it was your, you were spoiled, you were not spoiled enough, you were rich, you were too poor, you weren't rich enough, your parents loved you, your parents didn't love you, your parents uh, screamed at you a lot and that's why you became resilient. Your parents didn't discipline you enough and that's why you're the way you are, right? There's so many theories about 
why a person is the way they do, you know, but it's, it's some, a lot of it's contradictory and some of it is some, it's, you know, this is, this takes everything and explains it in one full swoop. It explains the entire gamut of human experience for the entire world from high to low. And that's what a principle does. Cindy Banks said he was the founder of this, or he, he called himself the uncoverer. That's what he called himself. And uh, Cindy Banks told Dr. Blevins, he said, tell the rabbi what I'm telling you is, is as old as Abraham. <laughs> Saying that the earth was always round, never was flat. It always worked inside out, never worked outside in. Or what Cindy Banks said, he said, uh, what I've discovered is going to change psychology forever. And he didn't mean the field of psychology. He meant human psychological functioning to see that it's always inside out 100% of the time. And that's how we work, has the ability to change psychological functioning. That you're saying it's so much simpler. And there lies what a principle does. It makes something simple. And at the same time, as, as I think maybe you were saying before, that it's also very deep or complex, as in simplicity lies complexity. Even for myself, the more I see this and understand it, it's just like I see more and more and whatever it is. So it's, it's, it's exciting for me. And it's also very calming, you know, so it's nice. Should we end here? <laughs>